My name is Lyle Thompson, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Snyder with scores! Now it's Mike Pinnell scores! Hands off for Rabel, switches hands and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. I'm here with my co-host Adam, also Boys Latin goalie coach. Adam, how are you doing today? Good, man. What's going on? Yeah, excited to get on the field with the boys in a couple weeks for, for, for tryouts and ha- have been having some of the Friday open sessions as well. So obviously excited about uh, the pro lacrosse that we're about to talk about, but excited to get back on the sidelines with the guys coming up soon. Well, tell, tell the listeners what uh, lacrosse head you, you brought out to start using again. Oh, man. Yeah, I found... Uh, on sideline swap, a Warrior Stiffy Ti uh, on there that that I nabbed. I broke my when I was coaching in Pennsylvania. Still, uh, one of second to last practice there. I, I broke it and haven't been able to find one since. So found a Stiffy on uh, on the old sideline swap, strung it up and uh, did some wall ball, and it, it's it's thrown like a butte. I'm excited to get it out there. Some of the guys ragged on me at practice the other day about it, but. Uh, it, it it it's not the wizard it's the wand and it uh it throws like a butte yeah it's it's old school now it's it's hard to believe that you know that's the what's considered old school these yeah. days um i i personally rocked the mojo head um back then i remember that being pretty versatile i you know was an attackman but um that that head you could use defenseman midfielder attackman you could do it all with that one so uh yeah t- taking us back a little bit um but we're coming off another great weekend of NLL games. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, unfortunately, much of the weekend was overshadowed by the news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna's tragic death, as well as seven other members on that helicopter crash. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know, what, what were your thoughts when you heard the news about Kobe Bryant this weekend? Yeah, you know, I, um, I was actually home for my dad's birthday, so I, I was around my family. And, you know, Kobe being a, a Lower Marion grad and Philly guy, uh, it, it hit close to home for sure, and you know it, he was a fierce competitor uh, on the court, and you know he he truly loved his family and his daughters, as as you could see from the various things going on uh, on social media, and you know being with my parents at at the time uh, that I found that news out, it just um, and was with my wife, your cousin, and it kind of enlightens you a little bit and opens your eyes of how how kind of short our time here is and we don't know how long we're going to be around for and to appreciate the time we have with with family friends and loved ones and he'll he'll be known as one of the toughest competitors and one of the greatest players in NBA history for for his on the court stuff but uh he'll be known for uh being a family man and and kind of growing the women's game um in the recent years off the court so yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I too was not a Lakers fan growing up, but you know I recognize the greatness of Kobe Bryant and what we saw. Um, and you know you, you we obviously hate to start the podcast off on such a sour note, um, but you know it did send shockwaves to the the sports industry, and you know a lot of pro lacrosse players expressed their sentiments to the family. Um, we'll we'll read a few of them right now. You know, first off, Will Manny, he said, "quote I'll do whatever it takes to win games, whether it's sitting on the bench waving a towel." handing a cup of water to a teammate or hitting the game-winning shot. Unquote Kobe Bryant. RIP to one of my favorite athletes of all time. Hashtag Mamba mentality. A Deemer class also said, Kobe is another reminder of how one person, regardless of intentionality or not, can impact peers, a community, 
a league, a country, a generation, whether in person or never meeting. We are so connected. Use this as a motivation to make a positive impact with thoughts and actions. And then Jared Newman also had a nice video, um, and he, he tweeted out, RIP to one of the greatest to have ever picked up a ball. Don't forget, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Hashtag Kobe forever. Hashtag Mamba mentality. Hashtag idol. Hashtag goat. And finally, Kyle Harrison, who actually was with Kobe Bryant the day prior at uh, the Mamba Sports Center. Um, they were doing a lacrosse clinic there. So there was you know photos of him with Kobe Bryant the day prior. Um, he tweeted out, like most people, I still have this numb and surreal feeling holding them even tighter these days. That's for sure. Hashtag Mamba forever. Um, that he, he tweeted out a picture of him with his son. So again, you know, really hit the sports world hard. Um, we hate to start the podcast off like this. Uh, you know, he, he will be remembered for what he did on and off the court, you know, both as a competitor and, you know, um, how he kind of, you know, really changed his life around. And like you said, focused on the women's game and, and how he focused on really reaching young athletes. With that, you know, we hate, hate to start off on a sour note, but um, there were some great NLL games this weekend. And so let's dive into those, Adam. Why don't you take it away with our fast break? We had a weekend where we saw four of five victories won by the road teams in week nine. The lone home victory was won by the Wings in our only Friday night contest as they beat the Riptide handily 14-6. On Saturday, the Seals traveled cross-country to Long Island and spoiled Miles Jones' debut by handing the Riptide their second loss in as many days, defeating New York 15-11. In arguably the best game of the weekend, the Bandits went into Colorado and defeated the Mammoth on a Corey Small OT winner, 13-12. Halifax remained undefeated on the season with a big third quarter to defeat a reeling roughneck squad, 15-12. And the Thunderbirds are now our only undefeated team as the Black Wolves fell to the Swarm in OT in our only Sunday contest on a goal from Miles Thompson to win 11-10. Now that's our fast break. Now let's hit our quick stick and recap some of the news from around the leagues. Yeah, so with our quick stick today, uh, we want to talk about the NLL has partnered with AT&T, um, and AT&T will be the entitlement partner for the NLL's League MVP award, so obviously a huge partnership for them to be partnering with uh, a huge telecommunications company like AT&T. Uh, we also had some player news in the NLL with the Nighthawks signing Mark Cockerton to an NLL practice contract, and the Riptide signing Connor Farrell to a practice contract. Cockerton has NLL experience. Uh, he played with the Black Wolves. Uh, a few years ago uh, for a couple seasons. Uh, Farrell, on the other hand, has no experience, um, and his signing is a bit more of a head-scratcher considering the Riptide have Alex Woodall, who has been doing really, really well at the X, um, and he's shown improvement on the transition defense as well, so um, you know, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Again, it's only a practice slot, so it's not, not, I don't think we need to expect uh, Farrell to really make an immediate impact, um, but it kind of shows, though, that Farrell is uh, committed to playing in the NLL. We'll see how they end up utilizing him, um, you know, if it's just on the practice roster this season, but uh, we'll see going forward. And following that, uh, we want to touch on a, a funny video that was released by String King. They released a funny short centered around Blaze Reardon and the fact he plays two different positions in the NLL and PLL. So let's play a short clip from that video right now. The only reason you were goalie of the year is because no one knew your tendencies because you were a backup the last three years. Enjoy your little NLL joyride. Some 18-year-old Canadian's coming for your spot. You're trash. I'm trash. You're trash. 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 If I'm trash, and I'm trash, we're, we're trash. trash. 
So you can see the rest of it on String King's YouTube channel or on our Twitter. Um, Blaze is one of the most humorous guys in both the NLL and the PLL, and he did a phenomenal job with this video. Uh, you know, kudos to String King. They've done a lot of funny videos in the past. You know, obviously you have Matt Gibson uh, running String King, so he, he's known to push the envelope with uh, the humorous videos. Um, particularly, I enjoyed his uh, Good Wall Hunting, uh, which was a spoof of Goodwill Hunting, and it was doing his wall ball skit. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. If you haven't seen that one, that's one of his classics. And moving on to the PLL, uh, the PLL announced it will return to Baltimore for week four, much like it did last year. Them returning to Homewood is a no-brainer, and we're certainly looking forward to seeing them in person when they come to Charm City. And following that, the PLL also hinted at doing some local watch parties. They posted the question on their Facebook group, and I think it's a really cool idea to, you know, maybe a good way to reach multiple markets for primetime matchups in cities that they aren't currently in or can't stop at this season. So I think that's kind of a good idea for them to do these watch parties if that ends up uh, going forward as planned. And finally, Chris Collins, backup goaltender with the Philadelphia Wings, has been announced as assistant coach for the Redwoods. He will replace Don Marzano on Coach Nat's staff. Uh, so a big ad for the Redwoods. And now all seven teams' coaching staff are now set for this upcoming season. So that's your quick stick for this week. Now let's get into some of these NLL games. Uh, I want to first start off with the Bandits at the Mammoth. That game was probably one of the better ones of the weekend. Um, and I, I know I said last week, I just had a feeling the Bandits were going to go in and steal one in the Loud House. And uh, steal is probably the best way to describe it, as they came back late to win an OT off a of Corey Small goal that Ward ended up saving... Uh, but it hit his shoulder and ended up trickling in. Um, that wasn't the first goal that Ward stopped, and yet it still trickled in, letting one in earlier in the first quarter. Uh, so some bad luck for Ward, who continues to deliver in cage despite the loss. Um, but the story of the day of this one was Josh Byrne and his seven goals. I mean, he went behind the back. He had a toe drag to a dunk goal. He scored on a penalty shot. Uh, had an off-ball quick stick goal. I mean, he was just all over the floor. Um, and his biggest goal was his seventh that came with just a minute left to tie up the game and send it to overtime. And the Bandits, you know, they, they got off to a quick start. Uh, they went on a five-goal run at one point, and they ended up leading 7-4 at half. Uh, but, you know, the Mammoth kind of fought back. Yeah, yeah, they really did. And, you know, teams traded goals for most of the second half. Mammoth had some tough breaks, not only with the goals we talked about, trickling past Ward, but for that Frazier goal uh, that made it 11-9 uh, Bandits was a pretty close call with the net coming off and Frazier appearing to maybe be in the crease. So Pat Coyle opted not to challenge that one and save his timeout for, for later. So, But then the Mammoth came back and off of goals from McLaughlin and Rue, 25 seconds apart and took the lead 12-11 uh, with less than four minutes to go. Yeah, and for me, the unsung hero for the Mammoth was Chris Wardle, yep. who had nine assists. Uh, two of which, you know, came on their final two goals, and it, he really helped the charge on offense. Um, you know, he was just, you know, it was a lot of secondary assists. He kind of got that offense going. Uh, but it wouldn't be enough for the win, as we said. You know, Josh Byrne, off a timeout, got the ball, and off a pick play, buried the game-tying goal with a minute left. Um, and as we said earlier, the Mammoth would fall to Buffalo on a Corey Small goal that trickled off Ward's shoulder and uh, Jordan Gillies' stick. Really tough one for the Mammoth. Um, you know, they played well. I mean, you can't, really can't fault them at all in this game. Yeah. Um, but the Bandits' ball movement really impressed me in this one. They were really making uh, Ward make a lot of, like, saves going back and forth across the crease. They did a good job of getting uh, passes through the Mammoth defense and getting some really good shot opportunities. And Ward came up big with a lot of big point-blank saves, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah, and you know... We had a milestone this past week, and give a shout-out to Matt Vince, who surpassed 8,000 career saves in this contest, ended up saving 41 uh, of 53 shots. And despite that losing effort, Mammoth have 
had another strong game. If I was them, I'd be disappointed in the result, but not with the effort. Yeah, no, and you know, Ryan Lee had a big day with five goals, and uh, you know Liger McLaughlin had six assists. Um, and shout-out to Dylan Malloy, too, who actually was originally drafted by the Bandits, but he didn't commit to the NLL until now. Uh, he got his first NLL goal on a face dodge to a diving top-corner shot. Um, that wasn't even his best play of the night. He had a nice behind-the-back flip from the ground, which eventually found its way to Joey Capito um, up top, and then he found Ryan Lee, who buried a controversial crease-dive goal that uh, you know gave, made it 7-4 right before the, the half. And then later in the game, Malloy had another flip to Chris Wardle, who found Killen and then a cutting McLaughlin that tied the game. Uh, so a great you know debut, really, for him um, in this one. And uh, you know we'll look to see him you know kind of come into his own uh, as the season progresses. But overall, a big uh, win for the Bandits, and they remain in contention for that second spot uh, in the North Division. Um, another team, though, that stays at top of the North Division was the Thunderbirds, who got a big win against the Roughnecks. Yeah, you know, for, uh, for at least the first half, it looked like my decision uh, to take the Roughnecks in the Pick'em uh, to hand the Thunderbirds their first loss on the season was a smart one, uh, as the Roughnecks doubled up the Halifax in that first half, 6-3. to three. You know, that Roughnecks defense really stifled uh, that potent Halifax offense we had seen thus far in the season. Uh, Curtis Dixon did his part uh, as he scored in the first half as many goals uh, as the Thunderbirds did in the first half, scoring a Hattie in that in, in the first half and in the first quarter, actually. But unfortunately, cue the third quarter outburst from Halifax, who scored nine, count them, nine goals in the third for an absolutely absurd offensive explosion. Um, not to be outdone by Dixon, Cody Jamison came out uh, and scored a Hattie of his own in the third quarter. The offensive surge at one point saw the Thunderbirds score seven straight um, and ended with Stephen Keogh having five goals on the night and rookie Clark Peterson recording his second career hat trick. Uh, this was definitely a tough one for the Roughnecks to drop. Uh, they're reeling right now, as I said, and now finds themselves two games under 500 uh, and only one game out of last place in that West Division. Yeah, despite the loss, you know, Christian Del Bianco played well uh, with just under 50 saves on the night, but. I mean, the story of this season is the Thunderbirds team yeah. that just continues to come back, too. I mean, they, they were down 4 nothing to Colorado when they played the Mammoth yep. and ended up winning 12-9. They trailed San Diego 5-4 in the fourth quarter and won 8-5. And they trailed Calgary 6-3 at half and ended up winning 15-12. Um, so you really, you know, you can't ever count out this Thunderbirds team. And, we, you know, we've talked about this in the past, how their veteran leadership is really what drives this. You know, you know, mentioning Cody Jamison, Jammer, you know, had another great day. And, yeah. Um, you know, he his veteran presence is just unmatched. Um, and then they got some young guys, too, you know, like Clark Peterson. And then, you know, Stephen Keogh has been phenomenal these past two games. Uh, he's really been playing lights out and coming up in some clutch moments. You know, he had a big game to, this past weekend. And, you know, the previous game, ended up winning it outright for them, you know, scoring those final three goals to give them that 8-5 win over San Diego. So the Thunderbirds remain undefeated, and they actually remain the lone undefeated team on this weekend because in another game, uh, the other undefeated Black Wolves would fall to the Swarm in overtime uh, in what was a great back-and-forth battle between these two East teams. Uh, the defense came to play in this one for Georgia. They were all over the floor. We talked about how they really fell asleep the last game in the fourth quarter. Um, and they stepped it up this game. You know, they were tenacious on on the ball. They really limited Black Wolves' transition opportunities. Um, you know, Callum Crawford still had a, a fairly big day. He had two goals and three assists, uh, as well as three loose balls. But, you know, they still managed to keep him in check as much as you can. They, again, never showed any 
quit. They never really fell asleep this time. And the story of the season has been the consistency of Shane Jackson. We have to give him some love. Yeah. He had another hat-trick in this game. He's had a hat-trick in every game this season. Um, and his biggest goal came in the fourth quarter to tie at 10-10 with 9:21 left. So, again, shout-out to Shane Jackson, uh, the model of consistency for this Swarm team. Um, and, you know, he just shows up in the biggest moments. Uh, we have to give him some, some love. As usual, Lyle Thompson had another highlight goal that was just unbelievably filthy. Uh, you know, I don't like to overuse Diggs tapes saying ADAP, um, but I think this should be right next to the definition of ADAP. A video of Lyle Thompson's goal on this one. He somehow pulled his stick behind to make the defender miss and then tiptoed around the crease to bury it after throwing three fakes on Doug Jameson. I mean, if you haven't seen this goal, you have to see it. It's unbelievable. Uh, he's just a freak athlete, phenomenal player. Um, and, you know, he's just so humble, too. You know, we talked to him earlier in the season. I think he's the best player in all of lacrosse right now, you know, whether you're talking the field game or the indoor game. Um, but he's just so humble, and, oh, man, this goal was classic Lyle Thompson to a T. And, you know, the Swarm, they, they get a crucial win against the Black Wolves. They really needed this one. Um, you know, you have the Wings right up there in that East. Um, and, you know, the top two teams from each division make the playoffs, so it's going to be a dogfight in this East. Um, and the Swarm were able to keep, keep pace and snap a three-game losing streak uh, with that 11-10 win off of a Miles Thompson overtime goal, who also had a big day. He would finish with two goals and three assists and nine loose balls and two caused turnovers. So a really big fantasy performance for him as well. For sure. Um, and he ends up getting that game winner that gives the Swarm a crucial East victory. Some other games around the league, you had, as you mentioned, the Riptide fall to the Wings. Uh, the Wings had a, a huge day at home. Um, again, it was kind of classic Riptide this year. They kind of just ran out of steam. You know, they played them tight. It was tied 5-5 at half, and the Wings just came out firing in that third quarter. They took a 9-6 to lead, and then it was all Wings all fourth quarter. They went on a five-goal run, uh, and they ended up winning 14-6 to to hand the Riptide another loss in the season. And the Riptide are sitting at the bottom of the East. Um, they have a lot of things to still figure out. You know, they looked a lot better last week, um, but unfortunately they got their first loss of the weekend, and it wouldn't be their last as they would also fall to the Seals. The Seals get a crucial victory to kind of remain competitive in the West. You had some big performances out of Westberg, who had two goals and three assists, um, as well as Casey Jackson, who had two goals and two assists. It's nice to see him you know, starting to get involved in his second game back from injury. Um, so a good, good win for the Seals, uh, one they desperately needed. And they improved to 2-5, and five. and despite being in last place, uh, you know, they're right there with the Vancouver Warriors and Calgary Roughnecks, who also only have two wins on the season. Um, and they have a big game in Las Vegas against the Colorado Mammoth this weekend. So they'll look to, you know, remain competitive in this West Division. That's still, you know, pretty wide open, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. But going off of that, we'll uh, take a quick break. We'll hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll go into our fantasy lacrosse pick'em. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. Now it's time to talk some fancy lacrosse. Let's talk about some of these top fantasy performers from this week. In cage, you had Zach Higgins, who had 12.25 points. He's been absolutely dominant the past couple weeks, uh, giving up very few goals, and he also takes a lot of shots, so he has to make a lot of saves, which makes him a prime player to start in cage. He was followed by Doug Jamison and Del Bianco, who each had 8.75 points. At forward, you had Josh Byrne, who had mentioned earlier had a huge night. He led all forwards with 10 points. Followed by him was Miles Thompson with 9.25 points, Kevin Crowley with 9.25 points, and Shane Jackson with 9 points. And then for the defensive and transition slot, you had Kyle Matisse with 9 points, Jordan McIntosh with 8.75 points, Brody Merrill with 7.5 points, and Cam Holding with 7 points. As far as our epic lacrosse fantasy locks, Adam, you picked Del Bianco, who had 49 saves and a loose ball for 8.75 points, as we mentioned earlier. I had Callum Crawford, who had 2 goals and 3 assists for 5.75 points. Uh, but now that we're heading into Week 10, Adam, who is your epic lacrosse fantasy lock for this weekend? I'm going to take Josh Byrne and let's keep the party going. You know, he had seven goals this past weekend in week nine, and he's going up against a, a new Rochester squad who hasn't allowed less than 12 goals in a game this season. So I expect uh, this Bandit squad to have a, a big night against uh, the Nighthawks, and I think Josh Byrne's going to be a big part of it. All right, I like the pick. Um, I'm taking Connor Fields in Vegas. Uh, you know, I'm putting all my money on Connor Fields this weekend. Uh, he had a goal and five assists this past weekend. He's improved every game this season. Um, despite you know the Seals' struggles with completing games, he's delivered. Um, you know, he's also an epic-sponsored athlete recently signed. So I think he's perfect for my epic lacrosse fantasy lock, and I'm taking Connor Fields in Vegas this weekend. Lock it down. So those are our epic lacrosse fantasy locks. Let us know your lock by tweeting us your pick and using the hashtag Epic Lacrosse Fantasy Lock. With that, let's go to our Prolax Throwback segment, a new segment that we debuted last week. We have another installment this week where we look at the best moments in pro lacrosse history. Today we're talking the Philadelphia Barrage, who won three championships in four years from 2004 to 2007. Yeah, man, this this was uh, my glory days. I was in middle school when this was all going down, and uh, having a, a, a professional lacrosse out, uh, professional outdoor lacrosse team for thirteen-year-old Adam was kind of kind of the dream, you know. And uh, this was an unbelievable squad. You know, that first championship uh, had uh, the cat Greg Catrano, one of the best goalies in MLL history, in cage and. After that, they had another uh, Delco guy and Philly guy, Brian Doherty, in net, uh, who obviously brought it home for for the next two championships. And um, just a bunch of fun guys on this squad. You know, Matt Strebel, Kevin Cassis, now PLL commentator Ryan Boyle on that squad. They had Brian Spolina as well. You know, they had a fantastic roster. And, you know, a, a guy that 
doesn't get talked about too much now. That was a huge part of that team was defenseman Kyle Sweeney, who was also on the wings at, at that time. Fun story, my middle school social studies teacher, shout out to Mr. Bone, was best friends uh, with Kyle Sweeney. And he knew that myself and a bunch of the other guys um, in middle school were, were big lacrosse guys. And he actually reached out to Kyle and he gave us a ton of barrage swag that unfortunately does not fit my physique now um, but we got that in high school and to basically uh, have a conversation and get gear from um, a professional lacrosse player you can imagine what that was like for for 13 year old Adam so it was one of the best times in, in MLA history one of the uh, best dynasties arguably in MLA history so uh, definitely a fond memory for me, uh, and one of one of the best memories in professional lacrosse up to this point. Yeah, no, and you know, there's talks that Philadelphia could be getting an MLL team. You know, possibly the Blaze. Uh, that sounds like it's going to be a deal. It'd be awesome if they, you know, went back to the Barrage name. We don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, you know, despite the success on the field, Philly ended up playing their 2008 games on the road. Um, what would be their final season before folding during the recession? Uh, but one of the best moments from that 2008 season uh, was suggested to us by Kevin Shrek. Shout out to him. He tweeted at us, uh, you know, this play. Um, and we thought it would be a perfect one to revisit. And that was a hidden ball trick that was perfectly executed by all-star midfielder Matt Striebel and Kevin Cassis. Uh, so let's take a listen to the call from Joe Beninati. Kevin Cassis will hand it off and bluff it. Cassis looking for two. He's done it. The hidden ball worked beautifully. Cassis faked the flip and bangs one in from 30 yards for two. Cassis, the head lacrosse coach at Lehigh University, a little old school Canadian trick here. Cassis, watch the flip, keep your eyes on 32. He still has it. Even Curtis knows. But the goaltender, Kip Turner, is focused on the other ball. There's Turner. Turn and rake. Wow, huge goal. Yeah, so a great clip. Uh, we will be debuting that on our YouTube channel for our Throwback Thursday segment, so be sure to check that out. And uh, again, shout out to Kevin Shrek for suggesting this one. Uh, we're excited to cover more moments in our Prolax Throwback series, so tweet us your moment you'd like us to revisit, and it could appear on the show. Uh, with that, we'll go to another break, and then we'll wrap up with our pick and roll segment where we discuss our game picks for this upcoming NLL weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. All right, so welcome back. Uh, let's go into our pick and roll segment. I went four and one on the weekend, and I'm now twenty six and fourteen overall. 
Adam, you went three and two. Uh, you're 21 and 19 overall, so you have some ground to still make up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know you have an opportunity with these games this weekend. So without further ado, let's let's get into it. On Friday, the Thunderbirds will take on the Rock in Toronto. Who do you like in this one, Adam? You know what? Just like the Thunderbirds, I think I'm a second-half squad, and I'm going to catch up to you at some point this season. But with that, I'm going to take the Thunderbirds in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a really competitive game, and I think the Rock are going to give them uh, a run for their money. They're, they're, they're a strong squad, and I think they're being a little under, overlooked uh, this season. But I expect the Thunderbirds to get their seventh victory of the season against a, a tough Rock squad. All right, I'm going Thunderbirds as well. Hard to bet against them. Uh, you know, I think Jammer's going to get this team uh, going. And I think Warren Hill's going to have a big day in cage. Uh, you know, he's delivered in almost every game uh, this season so far. He's come up clutch in the fourth quarter, so I think he's going to have another big one, and the Thunderbirds remain undefeated. Following that, we have the Swarm taking on the Wings. Uh, this is a huge game for East implications. So who do you like in this one, Adam? You know, we saw these two squads. Uh, go against one another a little bit earlier in the season and the Swarm definitely got the best of them but the the Wings look like a different team since that loss to uh, the Swarm and I think they're they're on a roll right now uh, and I think two tough teams collide but the Wings are going to take this one especially with it being at home. Alright I think it's going to be a close one for sure. I think the Wings have a lot of momentum going into this game but I think the Swarm do too. And I think we're going to see Mike Pullen uh, come up big in cage against the Wings. Uh, I have a bold prediction since it is Vegas week. I think he's going to shut out the Wings in one of these quarters. Bold strategy, Cotton. And going off of that, we have the Nighthawks taking on the Bandits in this upstate New York rivalry. Uh, who do you like in this one, Adam? Yeah, you know, it, this is a, a tough one for the Nighthawks going into Bandit land, uh, reeling after that loss in week nine. And I think it's going to be continue uh, to be a little bit tough of a stretch for the Nighthawks. And uh, I think they're going to play play hard, but I think uh, the Bandits uh, are a little bit too much for them, and they take this one, especially at home. Yeah, I'm going Bandits as well. I just think they're the better team right now. But I do expect Sean Evans to have a big game against his former squad. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. You know, he had a rough day against the, the Wings last weekend, um, which kind of put a damper on what was a solid weekend for him, you know, when they got their first win against the Roughnecks. So um, he's been playing really well for this team despite that last loss against the Wings, and I think he's going to, you know, have a big day against the Bandits team, but the Bandits are just going to be too much, and they're going to outmatch the Nighthawks team and get the win in this one. On Saturday, we have two games, the first of which is the Warriors at the Black Wolves. Adam, who do you like in this one? Yeah, you know, this one is one of the more interesting games for me this coming weekend. You know, the Warriors are coming off a big victory, and and the Black Wolves are are coming off a a tough loss in OT. So uh, I'm super intrigued to see how this one goes. Um, I'm going to go Black Wolves. It is in uh, New England, and uh, I know the Warriors had off this week, but sometimes uh, there's a little rust when you have a week off. So uh, I'm, I'm taking Black Wolves in this one. I think Calum Crawford has a little bit bigger of a week than he did last week. Gets back to his normal, at least, hat trick on the season pace and solidifies a victory for the Black Wolves. But I think it's going to be a pretty close contest. Yeah, I think it's going to be close as well. I'm going to go upset alert and take the Warriors for one reason, and that's Mitch Jones. You know, As we mentioned last week, he's been averaging six points per game, and I think he's going to come up big for this Warriors squad, and I think they steal one at the casino at McHegan Sun. So I'm picking Warriors in this one. And speaking of casinos, we have our Lax Vegas game later that night with the Mammoth taking on the Seals. It is technically a home game for the Seals, but it will be played in Las Vegas. 
at Orleans Arena. Who do you like in this one, Adam? I'm so excited to watch this one. Uh, I think they're going to have the fans on their side, and you know, Casey Jackson was a big addition for them in, in their victory this past weekend, so as tough as it is for me to imagine uh, the Mammoth falling under 500, I do think uh, the Seals get the victory in this one in Vegas. All right, I'm going Mammoth, as long as you know they don't trade Ward before this game. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm putting all my chips on the Mammoth for this one. You know, I think they're just the more talented team. I think they played their hearts out this past game and just ended up, you know, getting some bad luck against the Bandits. So I think they're going to, you know, get above 500 here and, uh, you know, steal a victory against the Seals in Las Vegas. So those are our game picks for this weekend. Uh, we're really looking forward to, you know, seeing the turnout at Vegas. Um, and, you know, the other implications, you know, too, of just being in that market. And, you know, we're thinking that that might be the market that gets an expansion team, if not this year, you know, in the coming years. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll have our eye on that. But, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to this game. And uh, kudos to the league for setting this up. Uh, but with that, we want to um, bring your attention to an article that we have on our site. It was written by Jordan Johnson. And it discusses the careers of the three new PLL coaches. So if you're not familiar with Tim Sudan, Ben Rubio, or Andy Copeland, uh, feel free to check out that article. Um, it kind of goes into their background and why you know they really are great fits uh, for these three teams. And also, if you'd like to write for us, you know, like Jordan has, uh, please reach out and send us your writing samples. Uh, you know, writing for us is a great way to build your portfolio, kind of get your thoughts out to a wider audience, and even gain some you know potential media credentials to professional games as well. So if you're interested. Uh, you know, send us some writing samples, email us at prolacrosstalk at gmail.com. Uh, but with that, Adam, let's go to overtime. Uh, what are you looking forward to most this weekend? Uh, we have some college games this coming weekend, and as crazy as it sounds uh, for, for college to be starting this early, I'm super excited to, to take a different vantage point and start looking at potential pro prospects uh, for both the PLL and MLL. So I'm really excited to see some of these um, college games that are getting started up. All right, yeah, no, I'm excited, you know, for that season to start, too, and, you know, kind of take a look at some of these players that we expect to, you know, go high in the draft. Um, but for me, it's Las Vegas, baby. I am so excited to see what this turnout is at Orleans Arena, see what the production they put on in Vegas. Um, again, I think it's a perfect opportunity to showcase the sport. And being at Super Bowl weekend, you know, they can kind of get the opportunity to showcase the sport to one of the largest Las Vegas audiences. So, I'm really excited to see how this turns out, and since neither of our teams are in the Super Bowl, um, I'm really looking forward to this game more than anything this weekend. Absolutely. But with that, that wraps up episode 59. Thank you guys all for listening. Please subscribe and consider leaving us a review, and we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.